You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. How many people actually listen to vinyl? It's going to surprise you. And Adidas sued by their shareholders? You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music, business, and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely co-host, Coast to Coast, Joseph Wazaleski. Joe. Hell yeah. How are we? I, we, collective we, are doing great. <laughs> Colin, I'm making that decision for us. I'm making that statement for both of us because we're both, I, I will say you're crushing it right now, especially like with all the solid stuff. And yeah, uh, um, those of you who don't know, Colin basically runs this podcast. <laughs> so it's like Colin has a lot going on in his day-to-day life. We, we try our best, you know, it's, we try to give you guys a fun, informative time making sure that we don't go insane. You know what yeah. I mean? Or I, we go insane because as I've come to realize, everyone in the music industry is batshit crazy. Oh my God, yeah. And it's taken it's taken a long time for me to come I to the, actually to the had some great stuff. I, I got to talk to um, some, uh, I, I won't say who they are, but I got to talk to some mental health professionals who work specifically with the music industry. And uh, oh, really? I got into a talk with them about do broken people come into the music industry or does it create broken people? And it was super deep. Um, but they gave me a bunch <laughs> oh, of man. fun, depressing facts about how we really excel in the music industry with depression. Yay. And, you know, Hell all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, anyway, the point is, is that uh, wait, I want to hear that. I want to hear these facts here. Spit, spit some I, facts. I don't want to misrepresent them. I do remember this one. <laughs> um, so on average, and this was like out of a poll of touring people specifically. So this doesn't encounter label people or whatever. It could be worse. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But 
it is estimated based on a lot of these surveys they've done with touring professionals, especially that when in the pandemic, that touring professionals struggle with depression and mental health issues. Fifth, no, what was it? It was five times more than the general public. Damn. And I think like one of them said, if you fudge, if you like the way you look at the data, it could be 10. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and then the other thing they said, which I never thought about, especially for touring people, which also makes sense why these people do so well in touring a lot, is they said a lot of these mental health rates compared to the general population with touring people, the only applicable group that is close to them is the military. Oh my god. I'm not joking. Are you for real? I'm not this is these are real. I wish I uh, had the source material. For Why you, did we choose this profession? <laughs> Why did we go into this? Anyway, Joe, let's go you to my fun story. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, let's talk about record players, man. That's right, baby. Um, record players. Fun. Yay. Uh, so record Ooh. players. Uh, this record player will cure my depression. It will. Yeah, it will. Some people have been using shopping therapy. The point is, is that uh, record sales are, you know, here to stay. What I'm talking about is vinyl, by the way, because people like to quickly use record to mean, you know, just selling something. But I'm talking about vinyl here, just to be specific. Um, I'm going to give you a crazy stat here later on, but I just kind of want to reiterate some of the insanity that is the sale of vinyl. Um, so let me tell you, basically vinyl, right? It is here to stay. And last year, specifically in 2020, or I'm sorry, 2022. Wow. Time lapse. Sorry. 2022. <laughs> it's been three years. Anyway, 2022 vinyl for the first time ever beat out CD sales. And Whoa. they beat out C- CD sales because CDs are, Vinyl's going up a lot, which I will say, but also CD sales are a sinking ship. So it's yeah, you can't you can't put a CD in a new car, which is so sad because I love. I know you did. I have so many. Colin knows. Colin's seen my vast collection of just Beck CDs. It's all just Beck. It's like hundreds of copies of Beck. Oh God, yeah, just floor to ceiling. No, yeah. like when when Joe and I lived together, it was so funny because he, when he was working on the radio station in college, he would just bring literally like a Buckets. drove of, <laughs> yeah, just a drove of Literal all these buckets. ones. Yeah, exactly. Of just like random CDs, you know, that we would get from the radio station. But the point is, is that they're just giving them away because they're not selling. Again, vinyl yeah. beat out CDs in 2022, and that is the first time since 1987 that has happened, since CDs Holy basically shit. came to prominence. Um, so in 1988, CDs beat vinyl for the first time, so it's like full circle. Again, the CD was interested in, it was introduced worldwide around 1983. So first off, we got to take a retrospective here. Five years, the CD went insane. Like, if you think vinyl's insane, the CD's even crazier. You know why? Because everybody hated vinyl for obvious reasons. Anyway, I'm going to get into that. (laughs) But uh, the record became uh, popular around 1910. This technology is 70 years older than a CD, and it's becoming bigger. 
And it's still kicking, Colin. I should also this say, baby, I, I she's been around for seventy plus. It's years. actually even older. I'm only going off of when the when the uh, record became popular, basically, which was around mm-hmm. the 1910s. So again, seventy year old technology, and it rose seventeen point two percent in sales over 2022. So it went up almost twenty percent. People were buying one fifth more sales. And now it's in 2022. It made 1.2 billion dollars. Um, Shit. Right. And let me tell you, that's almost double the amount of CD sales, basically. So CDs are like making in around. Total or? Yeah, CDs were making around 486 million dollars in 2022. It's more than double. So vinyl Whoa. is killing it uh, again. Kind of like waxing and waning going on here, but still the increase in vinyl is is astronomical but let's get into the weird stat right so all these people are buying vinyl it's back all this kind of stuff well uh luminate which we've actually talked about on the show before that does a lot of industry stats recently put out a new one of a survey they did and hold your horses for this 50 percent of consumers who have bought vinyl in the past 12 months own a record player compared to 15% among music listeners overall, which you might be like, wait, Colin, that means 50% of people buying vinyl don't own a record player. And you are correct. Interesting. (laughs) They don't own one. So they're just saving up. (laughs) They just have them. They're not playing them, which I would like to say to all the vinyl nerds out there that have given me so much crap for going on this and being like, people don't even listen to the vinyl. Ha! Anyway, the point is, is that like, I I feel like it's just a win for me because I'm literally like, people are not listening to this vinyl. And here we go, baby. We have the data. Not to say I called it, but it's full circle because I've been in very, very big arguments with people about it where people are like, it's about the Colin sound has. quality. I've I've witnessed these arguments. Right. Um, Again, this is a 50% of people do not have a record player. They cannot even fathom and have a possibility of listening to the record in their home. And this is with a 20% increase in sales. Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's this is actually a uh, number that is rising. Because apparently in a 2016 survey by ICM, it found that 41% of vinyl buyers uh, own a turntable and didn't use it, which means it's an increase. It's getting bigger. The more people don't have a record player, but more people are buying vinyl, right? Weird. Um, we, yeah, which is crazy. And, you know, also I, I don't want to rule out here the minority here that's only 15% of music listeners even own a record player. Like I own one, you know. I know Joe. I I don't actually. I don't know if you own a record player anymore. I do. I okay, do so own you a still. You're, in pro- fact, funny story. It's one of those like ones that like automatically goes when you take the arm off of its socket holder thing. Um, and my cat knocked it one time when we moved in, and that thing was rolling for weeks on its own. Um. Wow. And I had no idea. <laughs> So I haven't played anything on it, but I used it. Man, and that's <sighs> that how I point. feel. Uh, anyway, I, we'll get into where we stand on this because I ended up asking the fans in the uh, regular poll. But the point is, is that uh, 
What question? Here's a really, you know, philosophical question for people that have vinyl. What the hell is the point? Um, uh, what are you, you doing? You're asking with me since I'm a um, vinyl owner. Well, here's here's some things that Music Business Worldwide and also the BBC reported on. A lot of people, there's kind of two big answers we have here, which I kind of respect because I respect that you're truthful about it. And that's why I'm not going to give people shit about this because I don't care if you don't listen to the vinyl. Just don't lie to me that you're listening to it. Um, So the first answer is the aesthetics, which I completely understand. Like a vinyl case is really cool. Um, I think the packaging is really cool. I think, you know, the lyric sheets and the extra stuff that usually come, especially with modern vinyl, are really cool. Um, The BBC even asked a vinyl buyer who they were, like, doing a story about, and he said, quote, he doesn't listen to them, but he collects them and puts them on a wall, and he thinks it looks great. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I like that. I have actually had that idea in my life. I always thought if I had a house with very high ceilings that I would put a whole record wall because Joe knows I have a whole bunch of records. Um, You do. But yeah, it's, it's that, that is one thing. And I, again, love the actual truthfulness of this. The second one, which I actually think is a very endearing stat for the music industry and also shows the care that you know fans have for artists are super fans who want to support the artists in a more direct way than streaming. Because it is heavily known how much money you don't make on streaming, right? And so people know that you can support an artist by buying their stuff. I think that vinyl obviously has, you know, if you want to get in the semantics of it, right? I want to support artists, but, you know, the less and less people are willing to make, like, just a straight donation to the cause, right, um, of making music. Like, it, it's a pretty hard shoot to be like, hey, donate to me, a.k.a. like a Patreon or something like that. It's still very popular, but it's not like every fan's going to do it. They want something out of it. And so I think vinyl sales are a pretty good middle ground because that aesthetic buy is very valuable to people. And it also makes people feel like they are supporting the artists. And so Mm -hmm. I, those are the main two reasons that I've seen flowing around. I did some other research to see like what, what it could be if you're not going to listen to the music. And I think those are the two again, feel free as always hit us up on our socials at the biz tape. If you got another reason, I'll definitely put it on here. Um, but I asked Joe and I'm going to ask you the same question to our fans. I said, I, I got real, real with them this time. I said, be honest. Do you own a record player and actively use the record player? Mm hmm. So, Joe, <laughs> feel free to chime in anytime you want. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do own a record player. Do I use the record player? No. I, I I'm going to join you on the solidarity. <laughs> I actively do not use the record player. I have I, one. You know what's funny, Colin, is like the – I have a newer record player, but do you remember that monster – I do the retro, the pioneer one you had. Yeah. Yeah. My, my grandfather had like a pioneer record player and the only one speaker worked, but I used that 
piece of shit more than this digital other piece of shit, you know? And like, I don't know, I don't know why. I think it's like, because, you know, a lot of people claim, at least in the early days of like vinyl resurgence, like the whole thing about it, right, was like the uh, ritual of putting a record on, like putting the needle on it, making the thing go boom, you know, or whatever. And like, I, I think like the idea of that is like cool. Like I think people still have like a romantic view of that. Um, however, I think like day to day, I think most people prefer to just throw in a Spotify playlist, especially sure. if it's like a party or like Ease something of like access. that. It's just like, it's so easy to do. And so you're right. It's like a lot of these people are not buying the records to actually play the records anymore. They are viewing these things as collector's editions. They're viewing themselves as more of super fans willing to pay more money to support their artists. And yeah, there is a bit of an artistic thing with it. Like, I mean, even in my kitchen, I have some final records up on the shelf to kind of give some depth and stuff. Um, and it looks nice. It's like, it fills the space. Do I think it's like worth it? I don't think so, to be honest with you. Um, because like I am very much, when I buy merch, I buy merch to, uh, of like, I'm a, I'm a bit of a selfish merch buyer. Like I want to use it. Right. And so that's why like t-shirts and like clothing is for me, it's like more important. And like, I gravitate towards that more than a record per se. Right. Um, but a lot of fans don't. A lot of fans like the more artistic like direction that some of their artists go in. So, Colin, are you using your record player? No, and I've said this openly. I am <laughs> a very big proponent of I like records for the historical aspect of them. And yeah. what I mean by that is no offense to newer vinyl. But there is a lot of stuff, because I'm old and weird, being 26, I'm old and weird, and I like <laughs> old versions of things and specific prints that don't exist anymore, and I admit that I'm the weirdo. And so, like, <laughs> let's all take that in together. I admit that. What I like about this stat is that statistically... You have, if you have somebody that's really annoying about vinyl and talks about like how it's so much better, all this kind of stuff, you got a 50-50 shot to call them a poser and you're right. Um, it's true. You got a 50-50 shot to call them a poser. And so uh, the point is, is that do I think habitually that a record player doesn't have merit? No. I, there are some people that love the tactile, and I think that's part of the aesthetic thing, that love the tactile nature of pulling out a giant vinyl, putting it on, dropping the needle down, all this kind of stuff. I like it every once in a while, but it's very few and far between, you know? And um, I just think that I love this stat because I can finally throw it in the poser's face of being like, oh, it's so much better analog quality. No, it's not. It's not. It's just, it's it's not. That's the end of it. Is it different? Yeah. And so, anyway, like, to get away from my uh, 
almost animalistic attack against the vinyl snobs. Um, basically, our poll kind of followed this pretty well. I think it's got a little bit more of a bias because we do have, again, you're listening to a podcast, you have some digital prowess, and we don't have, you know, I don't have everyone age 18 to 64 of every background on this poll. But we had 67% of you said, no, you don't actively use a record player. And 33% of you said, yes, you did. So it's it's fallen along pretty well. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah, I I don't know. I think that it's definitely an interesting thing to keep in mind, especially if you work on a team and stuff like that. I personally, if I saw this stat and I worked with artists, right, I would go... The print is a, I mean, the print's got to work, but it doesn't have to be perfect. You know why? Mm Because it seems like 50% of them aren't even listening to it, right? On a vinyl. And that used to be the thing was the rest of the vinyl cover was just an advertisement for you to spin the record and buy the record, right? And now it's the opposite. It's almost like the vinyl is an advertisement for everything else around it. The amount of crap like that you just get with vinyl now is really cool, but kind of insane if you think about it. It's like, here's a digital download with that. Here's like a bunch of artwork with it. Here's like a lyric sheet. Here's like, I don't know, like a, like a, one of those, like, here's a linograph, you know what I mean? Like, and be like, (laughs) it's just crazy what you get with it now. And I think it kind of has followed consumer taste, even though people don't want to admit that the physicality of the vinyl and the actual listening to it is superfluous to to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I personally don't really mind that at all, especially with the given value of vinyl. And I also think it's very, like I said, sweet and endearing with all these fans that are like, I want to buy this, even though it has very little use to me because I just want to support you, but I get something out of it. You know what I mean? But Mm-hmm. I guarantee you there's a bunch of people out there that are like, I'm going to buy this vinyl to help and support these artists. And then it's just sitting on a shelf for the rest of its life, which is fine if their purpose was obviously to support the artists. Um, my only issue with this is, and I guess come at me for this, is do we think this is a little wasteful in terms of Oh man, it's hugely wasteful, right. unfortunately. Because I, in an ideal world, right, I'm not one of these monsters that's like, everything can be digital. We need nothing physical anymore, right? Because I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, a vinyl cover's nice, the artwork's nice, all that kind of stuff. It's fun. But the amount of. Let alone all those products I listed earlier of like a lyric sheet and photos and printing and all that kind of stuff. The vinyl itself, if 50% of you aren't using it, it's wasteful and it's going to end up being trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, well, yeah. But I do think like people go into vinyl buying, especially, I'd argue, especially younger people think that there's like innate value with records where it's like oh if i have this record for 40 years then it's going to be worth something down the line and like it could be but it's not going to be like millions of dollars correct (laughs) you know it's 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 going to be like 
okay, cool. Maybe you get like a hundred bucks, like <laughs> depending on, I guess, interest rates. And the whatever. physical work uh, that you put into like transfer this from like house to house is worth a hundred dollars. Like, yeah. And, and, and like it kind of, you kind of just waste money dealing with it, you know? And so I, I do think it's wasteful, especially w- with the creation of uh, vinyl. There is a bit of like, they have kind of perfected it to some extent of like even the, what is it? It's called like the sh- shellac or whatever yeah. um, that they use to make the record. They reuse all of that excess that, you know, like if a record breaks or if. Oh like, yeah, it's gotten way more happens. environmentally friendly. Yeah, it, it, it definitely has. Where it runs the risk is like, honestly, the the it's probably like, somewhat of like the record itself like because we all know those Adele records are gonna like be in a landfill and you're talking about for fans that haven't listened in a long time uh Adele was notable for you know um her newest album for yeah printing so many of them that people could not print vinyl like literally would be like no we can't print it and there would be hundreds of them in a target just sitting there for months yeah it, it's so funny because it's literally just like all of the music section is just Adele's face <laughs> just in every shelf. And like it's honestly, I don't even know if it paid off for them, to be honest, because I think everybody kind of got sick of it. Well, I so think I it kind of was probably a, made a, a good amount vinyl. of money. They made a good amount of money. And then, you know, the I mean, the crazy part about physical merch, especially if you uh, have ever read um everything you need to know about the music business. Um, one of the crazy things about merch, unlike regular stuff is in brick and mortar stores, they have the ability to return the stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't sell, which is insane. Is it a lot more lenient than it used to be when it was like the CD space was like, everyone was fighting for it. Cause this is the only way, you know, to put your music out is put it in a store. Absolutely. But they could give back that vinyl and then the record label just has to deal with it. I hope in an environmentally friendly way being, you know, how huge those record labels are. But, you know, it's one of those things where did it need to be created just to be destroyed? You know what I mean? And there's definitely vinyl that's getting caught in the crosshairs of that. And like Joe's saying, there are people that view it as, oh, this is like a collector's item. This is a one thing. I think what you have to do is separate yourself from the fandom of it, if that makes sense, a lot of the time with this. Mm -hmm. So you can personally enjoy it. Never going to stop on your enjoyment. If you like it, um, just don't be a poser and lie to me if you're not listening to it. But the point is, (laughs) is that like if you like it and you just want to buy it and you think it's cool, all right, whatever, that's fine. Um, but at the same time, like imagine if I was doing this in 1995 and I went, this is my beanie baby. It is the special edition <laughs> beanie baby. Um, it is purple I, when it should I, be off purple. So it is a rare it's such beanie a baby. Great, it's such a great analogy. Honestly. And it's you're like, like, that doesn't count. And I'll go, okay, let's start with this. Oh, you have the uh, record store day Jack White album 45 that they only did one printing of, and it's a song that I've never heard of, nor has many people, Purple Baby, Beanie Baby. You know what I mean? Like, they're the same. Like, 
And do and you think people are gonna in their divorce, their divorce separate their, their records? Divorces, yeah, separate yeah, the records. They did, like they've the been doing babies. that since nineteen, you know, fifty. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, except now it's more annoying because it would be like. Uh well, I can go buy the Sinatra record anywhere, and instead now it's like I want the pink Beanie Baby, and you have the blue one, and we gotta switch, or this ain't gonna work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so insane, dude. It's the same thing. You have to separate yourself from the fandom. You can enjoy things. That's fine. But what I'm telling you is, is don't use art and media as investment properties. You know what I mean? Um, you're yeah. not an art I mean, unless dealer. it's like, unless it's like a Da Vinci painting, in which case it's like, which you probably you don't have. That. <laughs> That's what yeah, I'm saying. I'm not most saying, likely don't have it. Statistically, you don't have it as also statistically, <laughs> you don't have a record player. Like that's the point. Um, anyway, as I've pissed off everyone in the vinyl, I'm going to end off with this as my eternal thing that I've been saying since we started this show almost three years ago, CD redemption arc question mark. <laughs> Eventually. I actually do think CDs would have a comeback. I, I do. If, if it's like, see the thing about vinyls comeback was that it had such a like nostalgia trip aesthetic thing, but I, I actually do think CDs have, some life left in them. Yeah. Uh, however, cassette tapes can go jump off a cliff. Right. We have talked Nobody about fucking that. Wants because tapes. cassette tapes, eight tracks, any of those mediums are, are statistically the worst. They're just a bad S- medium. And uh, so bad. The other part of it is that, unlike basically, if you think about it, as again, we're talking about this story, the main pro that vinyl has also negative for storage space, but the main pro for consumers is the size is the ability to go. Oh, I can fit a lot of stuff in a vinyl sleeve. The vinyl could like fold out open or whatever. I think CDs also have that. And maybe we might see an ironic turn where people go, all these vinyls are really big Mm -hmm. everywhere. What if I had in a smaller package that's like easier to display and has its own nice solid case, like a plastic CD cover, you know, like, um, that's, that's my one theory that getting back into the, to the, to the environment argument to like CDs are notoriously bad. Oh, they're all bad. I mean, so like, that's the thing is like, they are all bad because they will, end up in a landfill no matter what Mm -hmm. you do right because we are just producing too many items in the vague it's opportunity costs they would rather produce more be like hey we have this out there and you know if 85 percent of it sells okay we can absorb 15 that's fine you know what i mean like that that is what they're doing and that's what happens with the environmental waste here um, obviously I'm not saying that digital doesn't have its own environmental waste. Welcome to the world of electronics, right? You have all these electronics that are supposed to display it, all this kind of stuff, but your electronics have a lot of different uses. And on top of that, you know, you're going into power waste with like, oh, you're streaming and that powers a server, all this kind of stuff. That's fine. Microscopic 
compared to, you know, you buying one CD, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Just the amount of waste that is produced in trucking, moving it, manufacturing it, then, you know, putting it on display, keeping the store lights on. There's a lot more factors going on in there compared to the multifaceted devices that not only do music, but they also, you know, run your phone and your social media apps and stuff. It's multi-purpose. So the point is, is that vinyl is here to stay. But again, 50-50 chance, they're a poser. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Well, moving on to the next story, 
Um, we have a little bit of a callback segment here uh, to a story that we did before about Kanye's fall in the music industry as well as his, I mean, fashion industry as well with uh, Yeezys being so, um, at this point, have tanked in value um, mm-hmm. since all of the hate speech of Kanye has come out. Uh, but Adidas is being sued by its shareholders over the Kanye fallout. So the shareholders for shoe company giant Adidas are suing the company for failing to warn them about the Yeezy owner Kanye's, quote, problematic behavior uh, or hate speech, if you want to call it what it is, um, before the company decided to sever ties with the artist. According to Billboard, the action also names Adidas' former CEO, Casper Rorschad, uh, and CFO Harm Olmeyer as defendants as they are alleged to have, quote, employed devices, schemes, and artifi- artifices to defraud investors and the company quote, failed to take meaningful precautionary measures to limit negative financial exposure in the event of partnership termination um, and basically just didn't tell them what Kanye was doing the whole time. They just kept saying, yeah, everything's good. We're making money. Um, And just to Mm. note, Kanye is not a defendant in this case. It is just between the shareholders and Adidas. Um, The suit also alleges that between 2018 and 2021, the company reports did not acknowledge serious issues affecting the partnership in their business partner risk uh, section, but that it did state that improper behavior from entertainers and athletes representing the brand could have a negative spillover effect on the company's reputation. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess. I guess it would. Um, Adidas pushed back uh, with a statement to the Associated Press, quote, we we outright reject these unfounded claims and will take all necessary measures to vigorously defend ourselves against them. Billboard then goes on to state that after the $1 billion worth of sales of uh, partnership with Yeezy, the company reported a $540 million loss in the fourth quarter of 2022 due to unsold Yeezy merchandise. And the company also projected a total loss of $1.3 billion in full year revenue for 2023, resulting from unsold products as well. Um, So we haven't really seen a lot of companies being sued by their own shareholders in a while. I, I feel like especially in the land of fashion and entertainment. And right. uh, so Colin, what is your, what do you feel ab- about this? Do you think that they have a case against Adidas? This is a very peculiar case. I'm very interested to see how this goes. Cause I could I, honestly, I could see it going either way. This is one of the reasons Kanye is not a defendant is because CEO and CFO have a duty to report to shareholders about these companies, the companies they represent, right? So they have a duty to the shareholders and to work in the shareholders' best interests. That is why they're even appointed to those positions. So that is where their case is coming from, is that, hey, you guys, your job is to make sure that, you know, the shareholders are taken care of 
And most of the time, shareholders just want money, sadly, you know, and they don't want anything else other than that. And so mm -hmm. this was the root of it. Obviously, I think it feels very spite-filled because you can see why is these huge losses. I mean, you're looking at $1.3 billion. There, there's a reason that Kanye, before he was, uh, you know, outwardly anti-Semitic and saying all this stuff that was eventually lead to his full on kind of cancellation. There's a reason that he was worth that much money and you're seeing now why, right? Um, personally, I think that this stems a lot from issues of Adidas, not diversifying a lot of their partnerships it looks like to me, I mean, mm -hmm. for one man's brand to take $540 million in unsold Yeezy merchandise, Adidas, you got bigger problems than that. You had one series of products that yeah. were, you know, huge for it. It, it almost feels that in, in a lot of ways, I can't really name other Adidas shoes that weren't Yeezys. And so it was like tomato, tomato, right? It, mm -hmm. it really hurt the company due to the lack of diversification here. And so at the end of the day, I do think that these shareholders do have a case to argue, saying that you guys are supposed to monitor risk of partners, literally business risk, partner risk, which is in this you know company reports. And not to be like, hey, you need to know what every individual is going to do ever. But it's not like when we were talking about Kanye before specifically the really big cancellation started, there's not like there wasn't warning signs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, right? especially within the span of 2018 and 2021. Right. We were, sure. we were kind of talking about it there. So it might've been worth them to, you know, from 2018 from 2019 go Kanye is kind of a loose cannon. We mm -hmm. need to diversify our business and make sure, but it, it was easier just to keep peddling it. Cause it was, it, it's way easier to keep a successful product keeping success than to introduce a new product. Right. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the thing is that they thought, well, you know, Kanye, and I think a lot of people did think this and still think this is Kanye is so problematic that he becomes uncancelable. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. again, he, I, the amount of but people talking. But then do talking, you want that as the face of your brand? Right, exactly. You know? and, and that's the other thing. Because can it. you handle, can you handle as a business the backlash? They're going to have to argue that they, you know, did not work in the best interests of Adidas and, you know, did not perform the duties that they're required to do, which is represent these shareholders here. Um, do I think that in the moment it feels like, yeah, keep with Kanye all that we've made so much money off of Kanye, we should keep doing. Yeah, absolutely. But in terms of bigger business here, in hindsight, you know, in hindsight's twenty twenty, it's it it does seem ridiculous that their business was not as more diversified from this. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I also feel like it would be. I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens during the actual proceedings of like if stuff comes out of like they did talk about Kanye somewhat in the share holder uh meetings as well like it, they, they 
they can't just ignore him. He was the biggest brand deal out of anybody else for their company. I mean, he was literally he was literally uplifting the company for the right. most part because of how much those shoes were valued, especially for sneakerheads. Like, I mean, those shoes, people, I, I feel like people are already kind of forgetting like the value of Yeezys, but like in their peak, those those shoes were hundreds of dollars. People, you know, so in, like sometimes thousands. The Yeezys were the gateway drug to becoming a sneakerhead. You know what I mean? You did not, you were not a sneaker, you know, aficionado without a Yeezy. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. that, that was a big deal, which I understand from, you know, being busy people and all this kind of stuff being like, Oh, we got a good thing going. We should just keep going with that. Why would we waste time on other? This is why. Cause you know, you, you got to diversify your business and have more than just one face associated with that. Maybe we should have also seen steps from trying to separate Kanye from Yeezy in general. You know what I mean? Maybe we mm-hmm. should have seen it be like, these are Kanye's Yeezys, but now we've bought, you know, a big stake in the Yeezy brand and Adidas is just Yeezy, you know, and it's something like that, but it is his name. You know what I mean? So it would have been so hard to separate it. So I, I am very interested to see where this goes. I definitely think that the shareholders are salty, but like for a pretty good reason, right? And the idea that you we invested all this money, we've put it here, and because of the business dealings that you as CEO and you as CFO have done, um, we believe, like hypothetically, as allegedly as the shareholders, we believe that you did not do enough to employ devices, schemes, and artifices um, to stop, you know, the company from losing mass value. You did not warn us enough about this. We didn't know how much of a big of a risk Kanye could have been. At the same time, if I want to play devil's advocate, right, at the same time, if there were people in 2018 and 2019 where, you know, Yeezys were the top of the world, everyone's buying them and stuff at shareholders meetings going, Hey, we should get away from Kanye. Good for them. They probably saw something that, you know, a lot of people had writing on the wall, but people were not willing to say, I think you would have been in a severe minority of people. If you were like Adidas shareholders being like, we should separate from him. We should get out. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. if there's some way of proving, like you're saying, if in these shareholders meetings they were go, I don't know, man, Kanye is very uncontrollable and our brand's all attached to him, should we worried? And, the, you know, the CEO and CFO were saying like, oh, no, it's fine. We're good friends with Kanye. We know he's, uh, you know, straight and narrow, right? No. Like, <laughs> the point is, is that, like, I do think there's problems on both sides of this. But at the end of the day, they are obligated, the CEO and CFO, to you know, help the shareholders with all of their, these company dealings and to increase their share value. And so that's why they're arguing that they were defrauded is that they're saying, Hey, I, I think, you know, if for instance, it wasn't this big of a part of their branding, it wouldn't be a big of a deal. Right. But since mm-hmm. literally you're looking at half a billion dollars and then $1.3 billion in losses, that's why they're losing it. You know what I mean? If Kanye was 10, 20% of their business, the likelihood of this lawsuit dramatically falls down, right? Yeah. Um, 
do you think like the from an outsider's perspective like a future shareholder looking at the value of adidas like you would think that this is hurting their brand overall right this this uh lawsuit like i feel like this would scare future shareholders away from the company um I think it depends. Again, these are former CEO, former CFO, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do I think Adidas by itself is a strong brand? Yes. You know, there's thankfully for Adidas a separation, and it's not like Kanye's Adidas. No, it's Kanye's with Yeezy. Kanye isn't with Adidas. Kanye's with Yeezy, and Yeezy's with Adidas. So there's kind of that separation there. Um, mm-hmm. They seem to be under new management. Do I think that it definitely shows a giant weak point in their business model? Absolutely, right? To say that, like, this one person, which is kind of the most insane part about it, if you think about it, this one person saying one thing publicly obviously will get him canceled. But obviously, what we don't think about is, like, we'll destroy this, you know, business model for the rest of the year. And obviously, I'm not, again... He is an anti-Semite, not good, terrible person, deserves everything that's been happening to him. But at the same time, would I as a fly of a wall thought, oh, Adidas is going to get destroyed from it? No. I would have thought that's a lot of their business, but I didn't think it was $540 million in a quarter business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't think it was $1.3 billion it's a, in loss. It's a big <laughs> chunk. Right. <laughs> And so that that's more of the thing here is like, regardless of, you know, what was, you know, one man's business venture with another business, the percentage of this control that Kanye had over Adidas's um, revenue and public image was absolutely astronomical. And should have been thought and probably should have been outwardly stated as this is a risk. If, you know, if Kanye, you know, who has been known to say very controversial things all the time, says something so indisputable, so controversial, so publicly hated, we sh- we probably should have put that in a report saying, yeah, we we could be screwed by this, right? And that's what the shareholders are going to argue, is they're going to say, you didn't do your full job in explaining that if Kanye said something terrible, like he ended up doing, that it would take a billion dollars out of the company, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So I don't know. What, what do you think, Joe? Um, you think... You think they have the right to sue? Like, do you think? I I could see. Both yeah, ways. I mean, I I think they do. If if especially they have like proof that information was withheld from them, I think they do have the right to sue. I think they have uh, a lot of um kind of things to work out. I think I I think it also just shows like ultimately. 
depending on like how the CEO and CFO at the time ran the company could change a lot of things for the court case and like the trajectory of it. So I, I, I do think there, it is worth kind of opening the case up and taking a look inside to see like how things were handled. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, this is where like brand and business partnerships end up being sometimes the end all be all to having a billion dollars or not. You know, this is why choosing who these partners are is a very difficult and very thought over idea, right? And you sometimes cannot predict what will happen when somebody does, you know, something as heinous as Kanye did. And sometimes you can predict, but at the end of the day, you have to be ready for the potential of either, right? That Mm -hmm. either if Kanye did something controversial again, they had to be prepared at Adidas to go, is there a potential and could we as a business function with a total loss of Yeezy, right? And they clearly were having so much income come from that that they did not have any plans. They just said, keep the train going. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter, right? We're making money. And that that's the problem is that you had this single single entity be your income stream. They're, they're not Yeezy. They're Adidas. They should have many other things going on at the same time. But again, the shareholders, I think, have a right to be upset. Do I think they're going to win this argument? I think it's going to depend on what they can get that the CEO and CFO did or didn't do you know, at the end of the day. So, and if, if they get an admittance of guilt or an admittance that this is a problem, that definitely would be a problem for the company. And they said it years ago. Oh my God. Hook, line and sinker. You know what I mean? So, well, we'll see about that. I'm Katia Adler, host of the global story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC, wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Well, Colin, what have you been listening to this week? Um, Let's see. Uh, one of my favorite groups... Uh, Noer, who, if you are a Lewis Cole fan like myself, that's his band, um, and group with like, I think it's Sam Willis and, uh, there's so many people involved. There's like Genevieve and all these kind of people who's usually the singer, but there's like so many people involved that like, it's these videos that you've probably seen on YouTube that are like, oh, these people in a house just doing a full band set and it's insane how many people they fit in the house or around the house and stuff it's called i'm the president (laughs) you know subtle song (laughs) um really liking that one so far and then uh one i found out from tiktok which i thought was hilarious is there is um so the band which because they have a particular name i'm sure that you might remember their name it's called eiffel 65 Eiffel 65 does the I'm blue, abba dee, abba die. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, that was their big one-hit wonder song, this like Italian EDM group. They also, I found out, had a song that I think is hilarious, especially given now and the propriety and you know mainstreamness of video games. It's called My Console, and it's literally mm-hmm. about playing video games on the PlayStation. Um, and I think it's so funny. Like literally here's the lyrics. We're going to play the game, the PlayStation all day with Meta Gear solid and from Omega boost just to play for fun. Cause we got it going on Tekken three metal gear solid resident evil. Like it's just so funny. They did this. All they do. They just lame it. They just say everything. And at the end of the song, it's just them going PlayStation. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what have you been listening to Joe? Um, I discovered an artist today named Exum, E-X-U-M, uh, who is, it's kind of like a, a mash between alternative, um, just alternative music, uh, like indie rock to uh, alternative uh, hip hop and R&B. And it's really, really, really cool. Um, definitely check out the song Dark Kept Secret. It's definitely, it's their most streamed. I think, I feel like the easiest to kind of like dip into and then like, 
find uh, the rest of their stuff, but super, super great stuff uh, from them. Also, I found this song called I Promise That I'll, I'll Try to Give You All My Love by Sunbeam Sound Machine. Um, like the name. And it's really cool. I, I, I dig the name. I also dig the song. So, uh, yeah, a lot of new stuff. Lot, kind of getting out of my music rut well, good. a little bit, which is always like fun. Too. We love we love getting out of those ruts because um, it's very easy to fall into them nowadays. Well, the <laughs> algorithms and the AI and the the kids with their iPads and all of those things, you know. That was a good getting impression. boomer by the day, <laughs> by each passing second. Apparently, oh man. <laughs> we can't just end it on no, that. No, we can. I want to leave you with that. Else. I want you to. Give me I want you. Else I want you to dry on that impression. I want you to. Oh dry. no! We're gonna leave him with that. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to the Biz Tape, your all things music, business, and media podcast. We sure do appreciate you out there. As always, if you want to go the extra mile, follow us on our socials at the Biz Tape. And Joe says I'm a hard worker. He is. You should check out some of the content he's already editing for our TikTok and Instagram. Again, at the Biz Tape, clips of the show where you can see our lovely faces, as well as some extras and other content we've been producing. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.